Do you hear this thing in in Haiti? So they got these these gangs who run around, and they're trying to stop these gangs. So there's this church, this pastor who takes his church to the streets into the gang infested areas to protest the gangs, and he has everybody in the church bring a machete with him. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So they so they walk down to the Mich- <laughs> machete missionaries. Yeah. Remember so, the machetes we got for the stuff yeah, Christmas party? James Fairfield. We should have kept those. Well, hold on. I'm not done yet okay, with this story. I'm sorry. So, so then so then they're walking the gang fest. The gangs just start shooting at them. And and the pastor says, Oh no, if if you really believe in Jesus, you're bulletproof. Oh my gosh. Yep. And so people get shot. And then what's the pastor's response? Well, that's because you didn't have enough faith. Of course. That's why you got shot and weren't bulletproof. (laughs) So we are talking about week eight, our need, which is kind of a sight excursion, Excursion. you said. Yeah. I was talking to Steve Pruitt about this on Sunday morning. And he goes, that's pretty good. He goes, because you go back to the foundation. He goes, "And, and for us, that's good. The whole message is about why our entire world today has this low level that something's just not right. Something is wrong. Now, the Bible calls it guilt and shame. Uh, Other people may call it a form of anxiety, but it really comes down to the fall and that we have run from God. We have broken everything. Adam and Eve, after they they run from God, they they sew fig leaves together to trying to hide themselves, and they hide themselves from each other, from God, and but they also hide themselves from themselves, and so they're trying to cover up so we don't even have to look at what really our own problem is. We've broken the peace of God that we are meant to live in, and the one of the beauties of the gospel is that we get the restoration of that. But I still think. In this fallen world, we still walk around with that low-level sense, and people try and bury it. We try and act like it's not real. We try and put other labels on it. I think a really big thing today in the in the whole gender identity thing is, I'm not comfortable in my body. I if I did this, then I would be comfortable and I'd be okay. And it's the exact same thing. It's coming back to trying to find ways to take away that innate feeling that something is wrong in me because something is wrong in me. I am a slave to sin. I have run from God personally. And it all comes back to this idea. So our need is for the gospel. Our need is for him and everybody else's need is for him. I think in the, in the message, you, you talk about a bunch of questions, how people spend lives trying to cover up their deep sense of inadequacy. Uh, so some questions are, why do so many people work themselves to death to be successful? Why are some people rescuers who are always trying to save people in crisis? Yeah, so there's a bunch. Would you recommend maybe groups kind of working through maybe some of these questions? I would say if maybe groups could ask people who are together, what is their fig leaf if they're honest enough? to say what it is mm-hmm. because I, again, th- these are just questions that are kind of generalized, mm-hmm. but I, they're good though. I really liked those. Yeah, I, I, but we all, we all have our thing. I mean, I, I, I want to be liked by people mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not always do I care, but I, I like to be liked and that's probably a fig leaf that if you like me, I feel like I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the language of, fig leaf won't necessarily resonate with people or even idolatry, which is essentially the same thing. But we've talked about the x-ray questions before. Mm. I think those get at 
motives and attitudes. What do you love? What do you think about? What do you daydream about? You know, what gives you purpose? I feel like all those types of questions help draw that out in ways where maybe people would, would realize, oh, I didn't think about it this way. Mm-hmm. But I guess I am really hiding behind this or finding my identity or value in this thing as a means of covering my shame. So this week's resources are going to focus on that that original sin that you kind of briefly mentioned article from uh, from Richard Phillips. Then at the end of that article, there's a link to a John Piper message. And then the second resource is the x-ray questions from uh, Paulson. Those were helpful for everyone, but then leaders, especially a good resource to have discussions um, as you're diving deeper into this concept of our need and how we try to hide ourselves. So how do you help people kind of assess their fig leaves? Cause that's, it's so part of our, what we've walked around with for so long. I don't know if people even see naturally what they're, what they've covered up with. Well, maybe what we could do is if we're open and honest enough, the thing I like to do is tell everybody else what their fig leaves <laughs> are. <laughs> Like, I feel like we just take that and just we just insert that every week. Every week. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it is for you guys to think about maybe people in your GC and to identify their fig leaves? Like if they couldn't come up with something, can you in your mind just go through the people in your GC and be like, oh, well, this is this is a fig leaf for them. This is a fig leaf for that person. I think so. I always want to leave room to be wrong, right? Because <laughs> it's easy to come in and be like, this is who you are. Yeah. But I think we get hunched. <laughs> Yeah, I was agreeing with you. I know, I'm kidding. I think, I think we can absolutely have hunches. And when you share life with people, you do, you get glimpses of that. And in our group, we we actually tied that into a lot of our storytelling when we went through. So I think for a lot of people in our group, it's something that's actually been openly discussed. Well, that we make our fig leaves the cover of our real of our real identity. Mm-hmm. It's it's our excuse. We feel there's something wrong and so we use this so we don't have to deal with that thing that's wrong some people as a cover will be rude and abusive to others because they don't want to let anybody deal with that internal part of them so it's like oh this is just who i am and they're they're mean to other people Mm -hmm. because they refuse to deal with what's going on inside of them some people are sarcastic about everything and they just laugh about everything. I think that's what it, what's amazing about the gospel, though, is that like Jesus does accept us fully in that place, but he never condones. Like he never validates that part of our identity, though. Mm-hmm. And so, even though he he calls us to himself, and in his eyes, we have his righteousness and his wholeness. Like he he does tell us like to forsake those things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the conviction comes to actually make a change and not just say, this is who I am. And allow him to cover us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a part of the fig leaves is they were still covered after, but God, God did it. Well, they did the fig leaves, but God is the one who killed the animal, killed the animal, who brought about the sacrifice pointing to the costliness of our sin. So we still need to be covered. Right. Yes. We still need, we are inadequate. But there is something greater than anything we put under ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Our fig leaves. Yeah. So how in our GCs then do we remind one another of God's covering for us and that that can be what we live in and not our fig leaves? I think it would be healthy and wise to actually just preach the gospel to our groups. So what does that look like, though? 
what does it look like? Because when we hear preach the gospel, people think of me on a Sunday morning yeah. talking about the gospel. So what what does it mean on a practical level on the ground to preach the gospel to one another? So I like when they talk about grace, really trying to help people understand that in their very, in their absolute worst, most humiliating, darkest moments, they're clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And that when the father looks at them, he sees them as whole and perfect. And I think helping people to really visualize that goes beyond just the the theology and actually helps them to connect it to those points of shame that we are prone to trying to cover up in our lives. Well, let me ask a follow-up question in the midst of that. <laughs> Please do. Okay. Do you think that hits home more when people are broken and found out in the midst of their sin? I think it can. I feel like that those are watershed moments because I think you can either spiral into shame which I've been there and I've also been in the moments too, where I've realized like, Oh my gosh, even now I'm clothed in grace. And it's, it's such a hard thing to even grasp, but to find joy there. So I would hope that's the case. I think from on the ground, I think it's really important to set the stage where we uh, are telling the, the narrative of God's story, God's overarching story that applies to our lives that there's a creation, that there's a fall, that there's a redemption, and then there's this new creation or, re- or restoration of all things. And so when talking to people and dealing with the things that they try to cover themselves with, it, to me, it's often helpful to go back and affirm the image of God, the dignity that is instilled in them because they are created and loved by their creator and then try to really dive into how it's been distorted, how sin has shaped it and and marred it, but really what the hope is of the gospel and how God, Jesus came to pay the price, to redeem how he suffered more than we have, how he understands uh, injustice, because at the hands of his creation, we beat him and hung him to die. And that we get to be with him forever. He is our ultimate joy, our ultimate hope. And so reframing where our identity is helps us ultimately to take off the loincloths and uh, be be covered by God's blood, by Jesus's blood. I'll, I'll link to a resource below of of kind of what this might look like um, with some examples, but it's a, being gospel fluent is a language and this language has to be learned. It has to be, we practice to learn it and we practice to keep it because in a lot of ways it's like a muscle that can atrophy. If we're not speaking it, if we're not really listening or hearing it being spoken, we can, I know I have I, gospel, you know, during COVID I, I did, I lost some of it. So um, I think for me to gospel, to, to present in real time, I try to, in different ways, incorporate the creation, fall, redemption and restoration. Something we've talked about in our group in the past too, is really humanizing the fear that can come up in contemplating surrender and leaning into grace. And it's not scripture, but I love that line in amazing grace where it talks about is grace that taught my heart to fear for a long time I didn't understand that and 
I picture like standing on a, the edge of a cliff and just realizing like you realize you have nothing else or the things that you've been trying to use over and over again are failing you. And all you can do is try to trust that what Jesus says about you are true, even in the midst of the fear and anxiety. You know, David says, you know, I am forgiven. And that that's what teaches him to fear the Lord mm-hmm. is, that, is that forgiveness that he receives that puts him in a, in a state of understanding. I think that it's God's forgiveness he ultimately needs, but God does offer that forgiveness. And there is an awesome mightiness to that forgiveness. I feel like each of these weeks just gets a little bit harder, right? As you start to deal more and more through these things, it's like, it's like more and more things come up. Like I feel personally that there's certain things in my life that, you know, that there's attacks that have come Mm -hmm. in the midst of this. Like, oh, you want to talk about forgiveness? Well, I'll show you. And and it gets, and it gets hard. Like people... No, approaching no, you? No, 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 no. Oh, like, okay. Like spiritually speaking. Yeah. Like yeah. certain things that, that now happen in my life where you've got to work through an issue, like certain big things come up where it's puts this really to the test. It, there is times where, you know, you pray, God, I want to be a better pastor. God, teach me to be a better husband, to love my wife. And I may not feel it, but what do I do? I go out and I live that reality. And my heart eventually comes in line. That sounds like I'm pushing myself through it. I'm going to do these things. But again, I don't do that because I think I'm so great and wonderful. I do it because of what God has called me into. And there is a truth that stands above my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I will trust his truth that has been revealed. And so I will live a certain way as my feelings become pulled in line. So it's not about just feeling this thing first. It's about living this way because there's reality of what God has called us to. So hopefully this week we'll be praying that uh, the gospel is shared in each of our groups in ways that people understand what it is they cover themselves with, but how they can turn to the one who covers completely and wholly and accepts and forgives and pays the price. The words of Taylor Swift, Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. She's so... We are quoting Taylor Swift now. Mm -hmm. And this is where we end the podcast for the series. (laughs) Michelle has been (laughs) fired effective immediately. (laughs)